Welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here, joined as always by Tom Jacobs. Tom, how are we doing? It's good. You're actually getting natural sunlight through my window for the first time in, I can't remember the last time you recorded this podcast, in that uh, in that position. So yes, it's, it's nice to have the old daylight savings time back and, and a bit of nicer weather in, in, in England this year, So uh, or this week, should I say. So yeah, all good. Uh, disappointed weren't we last week uh in position again 36 hole leader someone in within three shots another one in with five shots going into the into the weekend and just nothing it's it's brutal but by the same token it gives me confidence going forward that we're making the right you know the right process and it's golf like you can't expect players to just be robots and perform as you see them on a sheet like sometimes things happen like i, I didn't see much golf this weekend i was very busy away and things like that but like um I guess Yannick Paul just run out of steam. He's been playing a lot of golf and playing well, and, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, um, I agree on all accounts. I think it's frustrating to to have the arguably the favorite in the tournament lead by one stroke going into the final round, right? I mean, that's a, a shot that's probably, yeah. I guess, probably 33% of the time he's going to win that. It feels like it should be way more, right? And so it makes sense. I mean, opens bogey-bogey like Bob did. Um, also, like guys played themselves completely out of the mix on Saturday and then turned around and played exceptional on Sunday, which is always like if you could have just played field average, yeah. you know, maybe that's a place or maybe that's more. I mean, David Michaluzzi was tied for, for oh. first in the field. In, in he was brutal on Saturday. Better. Really brutal. Yeah, but literally first in, in birdies are better and, yeah. and didn't sniff a place, right? So uh, we did get clarity for him that his card is for next season. Yeah. So uh, kind of a weird middle that you're just going to sit here and play whatever you get for the next uh, nine months, but um, still think highly of him. Hopefully he gets some more starts here and we're on to, uh, I would say a step up in, in I guess, attention that we're going to get on the DP world tour schedule in venue in even maybe a little bit of the field strength. Uh, and it's the Italian open, you know, one of our favorites, the Italian open. I mean, we're looking at Marco Simone, of course here which is the home of the 2023 Ryder Cup right um so I think that's why it gets a lot of eyeballs and what is different about this and we were talking pre-show they don't have the same type of guys that would have been here that were the last year this event was in September prior right you had Rory you had Fitzpatrick who was a 54 hole leader you had the the guys that are going to be anchoring that Ryder Cup team in the field and, and this week doesn't have that due to the Wells Fargo designated event. Um, and I kind of like that. I like this middle of a range um, on the DP world tour that we get this week, and, and really think there's a shot uh, for some of these guys to cement their spot uh, on the team. If they perform well, once again, at this course. Yeah. It's one of those things, right. And you've, you've hit the nail on the head, but of course, in terms of DP World Tour fans and people that you know that want to watch the events closely, of course they're going to want a Rory McIlroy, Matt Fitzpatrick over here playing. Um, but it is in May because the Ryder Cup's in September. It is opposite the Wells Fargo. You can't really expect players to skip that. I've been pretty critical of the players that have skipped these this events, so I can't really sit there and say that I now want them over here. It would be contradictory. Um, but I think the main point, Sky, one that you know the likes of the Hoyguards and McIntyre that already won this golf course could really cement a place in the Ryder Cup with a win again this week. But I think also there's there's a certain players at the top of the board, one that we're going to agree on shortly here, like that can really cement themselves as, as the best of the rest this season um, and, and really prosper outside of, of the big guns. And 
I think we were talking about it, like, do do we get anything from the likes of Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Rory coming over here and playing this event this week when they're going to have to change the style of course as it is now to have any shot, I think, of winning a Ryder Cup. And I don't know necessarily that's what we're going to do because at the moment it plays great into Rory, Rahm and Victor Hovland's hands, but that only strengthens the US team's chances as well. Yeah, it feels very different from Le Golf National. I mean, maybe we show up this week and the course is a little bit different. That rough is thicker. There's some things that the American style of golf of just hit the ball far and, you know, line up a bunch of birdie putts. Hopefully that's a little bit um, transitioned and plays more into the favor of the DP World Tour side because I think it's fun when, when we get a really competitive Ryder Cup, right? And that's what we want yeah. to see like we saw at Le Golf National. So I'm hoping we have some different angles in that sense, but based off of the way we've seen it play, there's no reason why I'm not going to give an advantage to those that are longer off the tee, that are more of the ball striking type. I mean, the first rendition when, when Hoygaard won was just blitzed uh, with off the tee guys last year once again. So, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense to go about that angle. Um, and that was kind of the deciding factor, but I, I love the top of the board. I, I do think, um, you can make a, a good case probably for everybody outside of Rasmus Hoygaard, um, yeah. who, you know, we talked about him just not being in, in tune, hasn't played near as much golf as a lot of these guys. So I'm happy skipping down to our range, which begins in the 30s. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on some of the other guys who were, were up top. So I was close with Victor Perez. I was close with Rosner. I think he's been, you know, incredibly consistent. I was close with... Moronk for obvious reasons. I think the right person is favourite, Nicola Hoygaard and Robert McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre just doesn't seem to be able to put the four rounds together, and that's been something that's been the hallmark of his career, right? Like, I think even when you come back to his win here last year, there was a little bit of fortune in there, and, um, you know, came off the pace, and Fitzpatrick had a camera go off in his swing, if I remember rightly, in the playoff. Like, not to take it away from him, because he, he deserves a win in the end, but, you know, it's... It is a bit alarming that he keeps going into these events and being in great positions and not getting it done. Um, and seemingly, outside of our small kind of circle, if that's what we call it on, on Twitter and things, like seemingly avoids criticism quite a lot, which I which I find strange. But I know we give him a hard time, but like I don't think the widespread commentary and all that sort of stuff kind of pick up on the fact that and I guess you don't want to do that because you don't want to be putting people down and potentially on a Ryder Cup team and things like that and Scotland's hope, etc. But like He's got to turn this around at some point. He's got to learn how to win because he's an excellent golfer that just keeps double bogeying at the wrong time. Uh, ben, yeah. ben Coley's obviously a little bit recently. I, I think until you make that, that true leap, like a Hatton-type leap, yeah. you know, a, a Wallace-type leap, even his, you know, is, is kind of a little bit fiddle to that. Like, a lot of these guys, you could probably make similar arguments. Yeah, 100%. To. Like, th- this field is littered with those types of players. Like, Nikolai Hoygaard yes. could have won more than he has. And, you know, certainly, like, a Jordan Smith and Victor Perez yep. had, a, had a, a decent period out. I think he's probably a little bit more accomplished in terms of winning Bronx coming to that four. But, like, sometimes it just it just happens. And then all of a sudden, in, in two years' time, a bit like Tony Finau on the PGA Tour, eventually you just go, all right, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, they, they yep. know how to win, and, and that's it. So, yeah, that would be my kind of... Um, rendition, I guess, at the top of the board, and, and I think we're both in agreement with our first pick this week. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, I, it's going to be Jorge Campillo. Jorge Campillo yeah. is available at, at thirty-five to one, and I, I think 
I loved Jason's tweet on, on Sunday morning. Um, again, I, everything finished, you know, early, you know, in the States. It's finally going to be the first event that we're going to probably have more on the Eastern Standard Time. But he's like, if you're back in Campillo, I think you should get Pablo, you know, uh, yeah. Lorothobo for, for, for free with it. And it, because they have a similar style of game, I thought Campillo played so well overall. One bad round, again, makes a run up the leaderboard inside the places. You know, when you look at that at the end of the week and, it's like, man, what could have been for him? But that's like one of the first times I can really th- sit here and remember like, this is the style of course. This is the form. This is what I like for him. I'm going to go in. He performs. He backs it up. We show up at another one, of course. Scares me because too much of a good thing with Campillo seems to run out of steam sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But man, uh, what more can you add uh, to Campillo? Because I think he's he's definitely uh, a great selection. Firstly, before we go on to, to why, like, is Pablo Larafa about playing himself into – Ryder Cup contention at nearly four years Why is he not playing this week? Why is he not playing? Like, like he's won twice in 2022. He's won again in 2023. I think he's had a couple of other chances. He's beaten R. Nelson, Heather Kilder, and Smith over those three events. Like, he's yeah. he's beating his competition. He's he's never actually played in one, despite the fact he's he's very capable of winning. Um, always, but like the people he's beaten: Montgomery, Garcia, Rory, Stenson, Mickelson, like all the people he's beaten in his career, like. He's not scared to to go against these big guns, so uh, it'd yeah. be, he'd be an interesting pick for sure. I don't think he's going to get there because he probably doesn't play the events enough to get in the two volatile. But yeah, like it's an interesting thing for sure. Jorge Campillo, fourth, fourth, first, ninth, and third. His last four starts is probably enough evidence as, as to why we, we're picking him. Um, you know, ninth here last year, seventh in a previous Italian Open as well, twelfth, seventh, sixth, and sixth in strokes gained tee to green, which. You know, we, we have to be a little bit reserved with on DP World Tour at the moment, like not all shot link, etc. But he's playing up to that as well. Like the results are the same. So it wouldn't surprise me they're accurate. Slightly longer than I ever gave him credit for. Like he's averaging over 310 yes. yards on the tees. I think he's 312 now. So I think that kind of aspect that I always used to worry about him is gone. Um, like we say, he's been ninth here. He's been seventh in the Italian Open before. Go with the form guy in Campillo. It's been like Yannick Paul for the last couple of weeks. Like he's right in front of you. Why try and avoid it? Exactly. That's exactly it to me. And I, I don't know if people will just because it's very enticing in the 20s. Yeah. There, I think 35 is very fair uh, for Campillo and happy to go uh, back to the well and stick with somebody with conviction. Um, the next one for for me is is bang on the same price. It wasn't the same price when most people woke up this morning. Um, and, and to no surprise, it is a, a very popular bet, and it's Marcus Helikilda. I've definitely grown uh, with my pronunciation of him over oh, the great. years. Um, we're we're very very confident. It's not it's not Helikidi anymore, space. whatever we used to call him. No, it is not. <laughs> but what he is, he's showing up here with a 14th and a second place last week. Um, and then prior to that was two top 20 finishes. What do we know about Heli Kielder? He hits the ball a mile. Last week, he led the field in strokes gained. Uh, or Yeah, strokes gained, I believe, off the tee. And he putted quite well. And he was first in greens and regulation. If you look at kind of an all-around rating, he was a clear number one in the field this past week. So if you're hitting it far, you're hitting greens, and you're putting it. I mean, that's a recipe for a lot of success. It is why his number has crashed from the 50s down to the 30s. I still don't want to walk away from it. I think it's very well uh, set up for him at this style of course. Has not played it in the past. Um, but to me, it's everything I would dream of him. And now that he's found a little bit of form, um, I love going into it. I think as well, just to add to that, like when you look at, I'm pretty sure uh, McIntyre has played well at the Danish event, the Himmeland event. 
Um, and that's where Hedekild has come to the fore, really, so far on the DP World Tour. He's also played well at Raz Alkaima, which links into to Hoygaard and McIntyre as well. So when you look at where he's played well, it, it definitely correlates, which is something you love to see. Uh, whether it matters or not, I don't know, but it's definitely the perfect golf course for him. And sneakily, he might give himself a chance of, of playing himself on that Ryder Cup team. I, I think it's so open right now that, that any of these players that really can really impress. And that's why this week's so important for, for these young stars. Absolutely. Could, couldn't agree more. Um, for you overall, I think it's the next one. Let's see into the 60s. So it's going to back up to me again one more time here. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about it on the Open. We, we were waiting till we get to this point. But it's the Italian Open. It's the National Open. And, you know, you wake up Sunday morning incredibly disappointed, right? Guido's going to the final round. He's like 63rd. There's nothing to play for. You know, there's no – I mean, again – Bob's in the lead. You have a shot with a couple guys in the places. And what does Guido go out and do? He jumps from 60th all the way to 14th with a final round 63rd. What is Guido doing these past two weeks differently than his form prior? Right? He had missed a million cuts in a row, and now we're looking at back-to-back kind of in-form spots. And he is driving the ball better than he had in a substantial amount of time. Top 10 in strokes gain off the tee back-to-back weeks irons are flashing a couple of rounds if you're shooting a 63 you're doing a lot of things yeah. well and, and he can put it and what what guido has done in the past is he has made cuts the italian open i really do think there is type of you know uh i mean we saw it with i think it was raul Pereira last week at the, the mexico open right you have different players and maybe just a focus of the broadcast a focus of of what it could be but, but golfers who are in different types of form or long shots or, you know, really find a representation to play in their, their national opens. And, and I think it means a lot to Guido and obviously he's fighting for a rider cup spot. So 55 to one for him or 50 to one, I think it is now just, if it, if it truly wasn't Guido, I think this style of setup the last yeah. two weeks, I would bet a golfer like this 10 times out of 10. The fact that it's Guido, it's 100 times out of 100. We're going to the well, Italian Open. It would just be magical to happen at the Ryder Cup thing. Yeah, I mean, 34th and 34th in his two starts here suggests that maybe another 34th is coming. But hopefully it's not in the sense that where he's third going into the final round and finishes 34th, which has been typical for us over the past <laughs> few weeks. But um, look, I, I never have anything negative to say about Migliozzi. I think the only thing I would say is the point that we make is that it's better for him when it's tougher. And maybe that rings true again this week. But... Um, as because you know, and it, this course can get difficult with conditions. I think Thursday last year played like over par, like it can get hard, and that's where he would need to excel. I think that's where he needs yes. to pick up his shots, put himself in position. And and like you said, the course could be completely different to what we've played in in September, even just based on you know time of year as well. We don't we've never seen it in May, so um, certainly yeah. things to, to look forward to, and that's probably why you should just set it up car. just like Leg Off National, yeah, and then we're that's fine, it. yeah, we're good, you know, we can win. Guido can win it and we can win the Ryder Cup and everything's merry in Europe. But um, yeah, we shall see. Awesome. Now uh, we'll pass it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian House at, at 60 to one. So he finished 12th here in 2021, but he was actually second at the 36 hole stage. And he was also fifth in this event uh, the year before at a different course as well. So he plays well in Italy. He has missed his past two cuts, but he was second at, in South Africa before that. He did a 13th for sixth and the 30th coming into that event as well. Um, three top 10 finishes at the DP World Tour Championship is something that we kind of hang around Arnaus's name every year it kind of comes up. But both McIntyre and Hoygaard have finished fourth at that event, 
He's also won that Razal Karma event when it was on the Challenge Tour, which is where Hoygaard won in 2022 and where McIntyre should have finished higher that year as well. He was actually 13th that week, but finished with a final round 75, McIntyre did. So for me, Arnaus has got the correlative course form at the Razal Karma event. I like that he's played well at the DP World Tour Championship where the other two have played. And that makes sense, right? Like it's a low scoring big driving event and it makes sense that those type of players will come to the fore and typically it's been the best of players in the fields have contended here and that's going to change a little bit given the fact that we're missing some of the star players but um, it may just be still the people at the top of the market just different names right so I think Arnaus can play himself into that I think we're getting a little bit of value based on the fact he's missed his last two cuts but he shot 68 in both of them as well um, he's just played too poorly in one of the other rounds to, to make the weekend. Yeah, he's probably the one that scares me the most not on my betting card, right? I mean, I think of people that I respect the most in, in betting on this side of the, the pond and, you know, yourself, Ben, Brad, Michael, like a, a lot of guys are, are into the angles into this, right? It's not always warm on the DP World Tour a lot of times yeah. uh, when you get into these type of things and the corollary absolutely makes sense on the, on the, the uh, driving distance heavy it, courses. It should come with a disclaimer that I don't know when I last got Arnaus right. Um, that's my issue with him too i never have yeah and but he should be the type of person that should be in the mix for a Ryder cup team and he just isn't he hasn't got there yet but he's so volatile like he's had like four top tens this season or whatever he's had um it's been in contention a lot so i think it's now time for him let me talk about people like mcintyre like i can't not give on else a hard time like he's meant to be of that quality as well so um whereas mcintyre's done it in majors and more recognizable on has been a mainstay on the DPL tour for a while now, and it's time for him to prove in a slightly better field that he can go and win it. Um, we never talked, this is just kind of an angle. I remembered one time getting our NOS right, and it was yeah. um, it was the week that uh, Peters won in, what was that, when, when uh, our NOS finished top five, I'll tell you which year it was. It was 2019 um the port uh, the check masters yeah that that course i believe that's albatross or is that um yeah that's albatross i think um because then don pedro is the other one that made some sense yeah. um so at albatross um he made a run at it when peters was winning that event that was the event that was very ball striking heavy I know the guys, I think they have to pay fines if they play. I'm not even sure where it stands on some of the live guys now with the new ruling. I'm a little surprised none of them are here trying to fight that or like, would they even allow them? I, I Maybe the I, ignorance I can, not knowing, I'm not even caring about it. Yeah, but. I can only assume they're not allowed to play because it's actually, yes. it's actually fines. Yeah, I think they do get, they've got to pay back fines for forcing the issue, I think. So it's, yeah. It's a little bit weird, and I like. But this is where the we'll go slightly off topic for a quick minute. Like this is where the money versus you know how much you care about the ride. Like all we've ever heard out of Ian Poulter's mouth, out of Lee Westwood's mouth, is I love the Ryder Cup. Show it. Like I know Lee Westwood probably knew he wasn't going to play another one anyway. Poulter probably knew, and that's why they were so emotional after the last one. But like. Try and get on the team. Like no one's really coming to the fore and and doing it. So if it's a case of you've got to pay a whatever million pound fine to, you know, to play the event, but you go and win it, get the prize money, and get on the Ryder Cup, does it not balance out? I don't know. So maybe they don't. I know they've just come back from Singapore and Adelaide. Maybe it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. But yeah, I am surprised there's no one here. I know that 
we've had a couple of players like Horsfield that's that's flirted. Oh, I guess Horsfield is in the field. So so he. So how is he in the field? And these other guys are. He withdrew from the last one. But he also didn't play and live last week, did he? Because I think Laurie Cancer was on was on the Majestic. Well, I think Horsfield started an event and withdrew after two rounds, and then Cantor finished his round for him. And then Cantor must have teed it up last week in place of Horsefield. But yeah. Horsefield is a full-time live player, yeah. and he is playing this event, right? Unless like, he's not. Unless there's something that's just happened, and he's not on there anymore. And that's why he's here. Yeah. We don't, don't know. know. Well, it'll all come out, won't it? But like, I mean, Pablo Pablo has a, a live start, too, right? And I don't... Like, Otegi has one, did, like, yeah. And these guys are in the discussion. I mean, like, we're hearing a lot of news reports saying about Brooks and DJ wanting to play in Ryder Cup. I haven't heard it from from this side of it um too much push so i guess it's peters the, peters the, is like the best course yeah. that i could think of for this yeah like this peters place. is the one and and you could tell he was he left on good terms like if you listen to the thing he said on foreplay he was like a, you know i rang keith paley and, and i spoke to all the people like the heads of tournaments and things like that and explained my decision he, and he said he got nothing but kind of gratitude and support back so it, it really is an interesting dynamic but um I guess this only opens up the door more for the McIntyres and and the and Campillos yes. and people if, we, if we're talking about him and stuff like that. So it it could be a really interesting. It could be the first time that we've got a team of players that you wanted to give a chance to. Like a Matt Wallace missed it in in yes. 2018. Like you go, okay, well let's just pick the form guy that this season. If that happens to be Campillo, that happens to be Larafabal or whatever, um, put them in and see how they go. And then there's no complaints, right? Um, it's going to be tough either way. So it's, it's going to be a really yep. fun event, this Italian Open. It's, it's definitely bubbling up to be something exciting. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, before we keep going with selections, we'll give a shout-out to our audio listeners who can find us on Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, the mix available on all podcast platforms, Mayo Media Network. Like, subscribe, review on YouTube goes a really long way for us as well. Yeah, we're getting kind of the meat of the DP World Tour schedule, which is a lot of fun for us too, as the summers are always a blast. Um, on the DP world tour. So excited for that. Um, and, and kind of let's go down the, the board a little bit here. Tom, I'm going to ring off my um, couple as I think they would be next in the odds list. And it goes in um, kind of order in which you mentioned some of these courses, right? I, I do think that uh, Alhambra, which was a course that Nikolai Hoygaard had won at Albatross um, and then Don Pedro uh, ben Coley mentioned those in his article too. And, you know, I think you guys have a, a really strong feel and understanding a little bit of that corollary uh, when it comes to it. And some of these guys to me line up well on those type of courses and come in with a bit of form. The first being Marcel Snyder. Marcel Snyder has been uh, a little bit tougher one to peg. Um, I, you see him coming in a 13th, 51st and 38th. 13th was it at Johnson Workwear. I almost wanted to back his countrymate Nick Bacham again this week um, just because uh, we know he loves driver heavy. He hits it farther than anybody in the court, uh, in, in the field, I really believe. And um, I noticed after his wins on other tours, he has not fared incredibly well at all. And I, I love the pictures of him drinking beer on the course <laughs> afterwards. So I think he might have had a bender of a few weeks and much deserved. So I'm, I couldn't go there, but Snyder has played well at these cop courses with a couple top 10 finishes. And then I think there's a, a decent amount in that. He was uh, inside the top 10 for the first round um, in Japan, going into the final 54 holes in Korea. He had a difficult Sunday, but was in a much better position going into Sunday. I believe he might even been top 10. I think he was eighth. 
maybe um and and snyder somebody doesn't hit the ball as far as a lot of these other guys um, that i've been on the card but i think his form and stretch of golf he ran into during the summer is enough to go back into him so he's one um, I think he's 70 to one is the longest. And the other one at this range is 70 to one too, who lit up the corollary courses last year with a second at the Czech Masters, a second at the Portugal Masters, coming in off of 14th in Korea, a sixth at the driver heavy course. Johnson Workwear is Gavin Green. Talk about people that I never can get correct. Hmm. Green is somebody who, you know, really hit that bill. But the one that kind of changed my mind was his loss to Kiefer in that Portugal Masters, I believe it was last year. We were all on him. It was, it was in the Czech Masters. It was at Albert Czech Masters. Yeah. Okay. Um, Through 54 holes, we were all in on him, right? Or, or it was a shortened event. He, he should have won that event. Yeah. Lips out on the last hole, right? Very, very frustrating. Basically, the entire industry on him. I think we can go into a similar uh, form. He, man, he might be the best putter on, on, on the DP World Tour. It's crazy how many consecutive events he has been able to putt so well. It's a little scary, but you line it up with that. I, I, I think 71 is still good offering for Green, who can score with the best of them. Yeah, I agree. And and it's, it's funny, as soon as you mentioned Albatross to me earlier, it came to me about Maximilian Kiefer. And like, what about Kiefer? He was fourth going into the weekend in Japan, yes. right? And and he finished 16th, so he obviously fell away. But uh, he was great in tee to green that week. I, I think he's got like a top 25 at this golf course in the past. 27th he was on his debut. Um, never shot worse than 72. So could be one of interest. Um, I didn't get there because I've got a couple of others around this selection point. But I think he's interested. I'm, I'm 0 for 3 for people that I thought you were going to be uh, betting on this week. Uh, I thought you were going to be on Arnaus. I thought you were going to yeah. be on um, Nick Backham. And my next selection, Daniel Van Tonder, was someone I thought yes. you'd be on as well. Um, Gross, you love Van Tonder at these type of events, right? And oh. when I looked at it, he was 27th at Marco Simone in his debut, but he was second going into the final round. He was tied. He's one shot behind Hoygaard, finished second, uh, was sitting in second, shot a final round 79 to fall away. Uh, but he's been recently a runner-up in South Africa, um, coming back to a course where his, you know, his strokes come forward. He hasn't. He's not as long as as I maybe thought he was, and he's not gaining as many strokes as as you'd like. But it's a slight concern that he's not coming to the fore more in these South African events. But I don't know if he's kind of just going through the motions, waiting to get back to these kind of bigger events on the DP World Tour because that's clearly where he thinks he deserves to play and and has been uh, proving that. So for a guy that we know can win at this level, a guy that we know has played well at this golf course for 54 holes. I think Daniel Van Zonder is is certainly good value at this kind of 101 mark. I think he's slightly bigger than that now um, on DraftKings over in the States. Let's see his latest odds. 150 on DK. Yep. So that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, he was close. And I, I think I was a little put off by both him and Henny Duplessis Sunshine Tour form. Yeah, it was just like those enough, guys really. to go down there and, and 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 really like be in those final groups. And, and neither of those guys outside of Van Tonder's first event yeah. had, had really showed that. Uh, I, I just wonder so that, if like, you know, he came close, he was second, didn't quite get the job done and maybe just went, yeah, I'll just wait until the deep. Like, you never can quite guess, like you said before, like sometimes it comes to these correlation things more so than form. And I think we've, we've tried so hard over the past couple of weeks to find out who's in better shape in Japan and Korea without having to cause form and, and the extended lays off and things like that. In the end, I've just gone back to kind of my old formula this week. And, you know, Campillo and Arnaus were very obvious to me. The next two are slightly off the, off the beaten path, but uh, some logic there, I hope. 
Well, Tom, my final selection is literally the last person on the odds board. So, <laughs> so that means um, I've got to round mine up. <laughs> yes, yes. Then we can talk through a couple of guys here. we got a few. Yeah. So we talked about Al Hammer and Raz Al Khaimah. Daniel Gavin's won that earlier in the year. Um, yes. oh, so close obviously, on Gavin's too. I love that. Yep. Yeah. Like links into McIntyre and Hoygaard in that way. He's also got two six at the Alfred Dunhill, which links into both players there as well. And then when I looked at the fact that he was 13th for the Catalonia Championship, which is where Arnaus won, who's played well here and who I like as well, it makes all the sense in the world that he could play well here. Now, he has missed two cuts, but that's Daniel Gavin's to a T. Like, we don't, we don't really know what's going to come. That's why he's 300 to 1. Uh, he's very, very volatile. But I just thought the 14th last week, the fact that he links in with the Raz Alkaima, the fact that we know he can drive it with some of the best of them on his day, I thought it was. I thought he'd shown enough. Uh, it's very much a case. That it's very sort of softly linked with the Raz Alkaima thing and and that. But I just thought three hundred to one. Like there doesn't need to be much uh, much about him to to go with it. So that's why I've done that. Yeah, and and his fourteenth or whatever it was last week, it was way more yeah. impressive knowing he was like eightieth or seventieth after the first round. He yeah, had exactly incredible. That, yeah incredible final 54 holes we love to kind of see that as as they go into the next week um yeah his Razal Kaima event was weird too like it wasn't good off the tee but it was exceptional everywhere else um maybe he lost a billion strokes on that 18th hole where he still was able to win yeah. with a double bogey but um no I think uh overall but like he, does... he then like interesting enough like I didn't I wouldn't expect Gavin's to really build off a win and I don't think he did the last time he did it like in his debut one but like he had that win and it was a little bit fortunate on the last hole, like you said. But then he went to Thailand. He finished 22nd. He was only 77th at the Johnson Workwear, but he opened with a 67 and was actually 15th after round one. Um, and then, like you say, he improved every round last week or, or got better position-wise every round. Uh, final round 67 kind of involved him a little bit like Guido, not quite as impressive. Um, yeah, I just think there's enough enough there to sort of suggest that this course is suitable. And I'll ignore the two miscuts for now and hope that he does uh, prove his worth. Totally get it. I'm going to run through a laundry list before I, I, I go deep <laughs> on mind. A um, couple guys that were like 80s or so. Uh, I mean, it's like Christian Krogs Johansson, like kind of just had those two amazing finishes and really kind of fell off, right? Third, sixth, hasn't played since. We we see him, you know, I think that one was at Bachman, or Bachman's um, victory. Yeah. I mean, he can putt it with the best of them. He's not as great off the tee, but he had some of that corollary. I even looked back. When he was on the DP World Tour the first time, his best finish of a year did come at one of the corollary courses, too. So I was very close there. Uh, if I could make a top 10 after 36 hole selection, Sammy Valamaki would be minus 10,000. Four <laughs> events in a row, he has been inside the top 10 after 36 holes. Yet his best finish, he did have a second. Then he goes 22nd, 63rd, 24th. Weekends have not been kind to Valamaki. If you look at those that had the corollary course form, Eddie Pepperell's is arguably as good as anybody's. But so that was like, do I pick Arnas? Do I pick Eddie just based off of that? I mean, Eddie hasn't played in two and a half months. He's been at home in the simulator and tweeting away. Said he's played the, the course plenty of times on the new sim, but um, just wasn't enough as he doesn't fit the course as yeah. well as I would love. And then I, I think with Eddie, but, just, to, just to kind of interrupt, yeah, I think with Eddie Pepperell, it's going to be a similar result to some of the guys. So I was close on Mikko Korhonen, who's been 8th and 11th here. I was close on Scott yes. Jameson, who's been 8th and 16th here. Uh, yeah. Eduardo Molinari's been 5th and 27th. I think Pepperell's going to fit in that kind of mould, whereas he probably doesn't have the winning upside because he's not the greatest course fit for him. I know he sorted out his driver last season and was really impressive ball striking, but like, I don't think he can afford to be 
crooked and short, which he can be at times. So um, I think the upside for him is probably a top 10, top 12 finish, and that's probably not enough to go with him at the moment. Bearing in mind, he's yep. an officer. Yep. Um, if you looked into the Italian connections, Renato Peritor, um, his, yeah. his uh, final 54 holes in the Challenge Tour last week were exceptional. Uh, he was somebody who just hasn't had any success here, and I can never nail him correctly either. Um, it was good to see Mike Lorenzo Vera in the mix last week yes, until, yeah. you know, he absolutely topped a drive and laughed it off. But um, he had some corollary. Clement Sorday was somebody who finished seventh last week and hits it way farther than I imagined. Yeah. Uh, Filippo Celli back in the field after a good performance. Uh, I know he, he faltered over the weekend, but he was an example of kind of running to form. And then at one of the majors last year, right, um, kept it going and then had a top five in the DP World Tour. Now he's on the professional side of things. Um, so he stuck out from, from that side. Um, anybody else from your end? I thought Callum Hill was interesting as he's kind of making his way back. He's had a 65 and a 66 at his golf course last year without actually threatening because of the other two rounds. Um, he seems to be, you know, he was third two weeks ago, wasn't he, in Japan? Um, really improves. He just went three straight 67s in the final round 65. Missed the cut last week, which was probably enough to put me off and slightly deeper field makes it harder to get on him. But, like, he's he's a really talented player that we were just waiting to win, right? And um, so, yeah, I was close on him, but there was just a whole bunch of names, like I said earlier, and then he just fits in that category, really. Yep. Um, all right, so we'll roll into the, the selection. I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, people that kind of follow it, Andrea Romano, he's 22 years old. He is somebody who might be more of my typical selection in this range. I kind of like going with the young guns that, that have shown kind of some, some process. But I'm going to go with a little bit uh, more of a journeyman. We have 32-year-old Aaron Zemmer, 2,000 to 1, the longest odds. We'll ladder it up, right? We'll get some top 5, top 10 top 20 for it um, and beyond. And, and Zemmer is somebody who had been around on the DP World Tour Challenge Tour in the past. What I can remember before even digging into anything was Zemmer used to be strong off the tee despite not be really able to play many weekends. You can look back on it. He was consistently above average gaining strokes on the field, off the tee, even in his worst of finishes. So Zemmer played here two years ago, did miss the cut, but what Zemmer is on right now is arguably the top run we have seen from him in his professional career. So he is playing on the Menator, and by Menator, I mean the actual Menator, not if you go to their order of merit, which lists Brooks Kepka as number one on the order of merit, but he is playing on the Menator where his last six events go a fifth place, a second place. He was T38, and they have pretty full fields. There is a cut, um, 19th, and then winner. And then 26. He played in the Challenge Tour all of last year. His best finish came in the second to last event of the year, which was an 11th. So if you go, basically his form reads 11th, miscut, 26th, win. And then in the middle of those, there was also, we say this is the Italian Open, the National Open. There is an event called the Open de National. The, the actual Italian Pro Golf Tour runs its own open event. Aaron Zemmer won that by seven strokes in the middle of those Minotaur victories. So he has another win to his name, then the 19th, 38th, and then the last two times out, which is in April, he was second and fifth. 
And what is interesting about both of those finishes is he opened with a 74 in both of those and managed to have exceptional final final two rounds. It's 54 holes on that tour. So final, you know, 36, 54, those two were exceptional. He opened, you know, under par or around par. Those finishes could have both been victories for him. That would have been four victories in his last nine events. <laughs> 2001, Tom, it doesn't take much for me. And again, this is extending. I normally am like in that 1500 range. In 2000, I add 500 more selections to break even, Tom. So I think we're sitting pretty here with Aaron Zemmer. Yeah, I think you're fine. Like, I mean, what am I going to do? Try and give you give you shit for like beginning two hours of lunch? Like, I don't know. I've got any negatives to say about the guy. Uh, maybe he plays on the Venezuela for a reason, but I don't know. Like, he's played here a couple of times. He's seen the course, right? Like, that's always a bonus. Um, We'll see what he does with it. There's like, always one, man. There's always one of the locals that, that show up. I can think of like Scott Fernandez and the Spanish. You know, we, yeah. we, there is Ben guys. Uh, Enrico Benito has, has popped up. Uh, I mean, there's just there's just guys that have done it. Um, and I think, you know, I'm going to take that shot here. Zach. It doesn't take a lot. If they're kind of fighting for the cut of the weekend or they're in the top 10 to really get some rallying support behind them. And that can do anything. Like it can make you crumble. It can make you win. Like it's. You know, we're talking about trying to get a 2001 shot over the line, but like it's exciting. Like it's it's one to get in, and I don't think you're going to clash with many people with that pick. So um, you'll be you'll be a lone soldier with him. Yes, absolutely. Actually, if we say lone soldier, Jude, our friend Jude, who I bring up every week, he's got a tweet from like 2019 that says Zemmer is the next big thing. So you know, Jude, <laughs> Jude who has identified just about every golfer in the world prior to their their run. You know, I think we got something here. Uh, with Aaron Zemmer. So we're going to close it out there. Tom, can you review your betting card one more time for me? Yeah. So it's all Hake and Pio for me at 35 to 1. Adri Arnaus at 60 to 1. Daniel Van Tonda at 150 to 1. And Daniel Gavins at 300. So the Daniels could really do something for me this week. Hey, amen. So it's Jorge Campillo for me at 35 to 1. Marcus Helikilda, 35. Guido Migliazzi, 50 to 1. Gavin Green, 70 to 1. Marcel Snyder, 71. Aaron Zemmer, 2,000 to one ladder. That well, is definitely going to have a first round leader. Tom, I mean, we're just going to go viral if that wins. You know, we, we don't, I, we could just, just sit here and smile. And at every time we say one of these, every time we say one of these is going to win, it's when we say we're going to go to the Ryder Cup. It'd be great if the, the guy won at Marco Simone and, and did it that way, right? Oh, That'd be good. Stop. Let's book the tickets now. It's, 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 this is the trouble. You get so excited about these, you actually think they're going to win on Thursday. And it's, they're, they're the oh, two for sure. One. I, I need mean, the Guido Zemmer exacta. You yeah, know, give great. me the one, two. See if Odd Checker can get us some prices. Uh, yeah, I'll right? sort, sort that out for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, good. Like it's a really, it's, it's strange actually because like it's a it's a slightly elevated event to what we've had, and yet we've probably still gone slightly long range on this. Whereas like last last few weeks, we've gone to the kind of top and tried to pick out the kind of really informed guys. I think you know Campillo smacks you in the face, and and he's but he's still thirty five to one. Like I think that's a really good yeah. price for someone that's in his form. Um, and then we're just kind of living in that kind of fifty to seventy range. So uh, I really like where yeah. we're at this week. Hey, me too. Uh, everyone enjoy the the future Ryder Cup venue this week. And again, we'll be back as we hit hit the you know a good stretch here at the DP World Tour. We appreciate you all listening, and, and we'll catch you next week after a big win. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.